0: Welcome to episode four of our Stories of Hope series. We are so thankful you found us here at the OSA podcast. Today's guests are Mike and Amy Barker. Mike and Amy are parents of three young boys who they adopted through the foster care system. And on today's story, you'll listen to Mike and Amy as they express their joy and their life in the midst of challenging situations, in the midst of challenging stories. And after three and a half years of bringing their two sons isaiah and noah into their home through an appeals process through the court system they decided to bring another young young boy into their home a 10 month old and knowing it was headed to adoption their their adoption date was march 24th 2020 and as most of us know march 13th is when our world shut down is when kentucky shut down is when most states shut down and so their adoption date was pushed back and this was after they had waited three and a half years to adopt their other two boys and challenging situations, frustrating moments. And yet in 2020, they, they still were able to bring Xavier home or legally bring Xavier into their family. He'd been a part of their family. He'd been a part of their hearts and they'd shown love, but the legal date, they moved to June, 2020. And so in that moment on a Zoom call, nothing fancy in a courtroom, but they were able to have their family watch as Xavier was brought into their family. And so as we think about what we're talking about here on, on Stories of Hope in the O.C. podcast, Mike and Amy, in the midst of a pandemic that caused so much isolation, that created stresses, that created frustrations, that created so many different things, and where people isolated themselves, Mike and Amy were bringing somebody into their home. He was already in the home, Xavier was already a part of their family, but they legally said we want to continue to make sure that Xavier no longer has to be isolated. They exude joy and life, and I hope as you listen and as you sit with Mike and Amy, you experience the same. Well, Mike and Amy, it's it's so good to have you guys on here um, and just to connect with you guys about um, just all that you have been doing over the last seven years and even um, in the midst of the pandemic, how you have continued to love um, love your kids, and even as the pandemic brought the challenges, um, you guys are, are still bringing kids into your family, but um, if you could um, just share a little bit about um, your story as, as you began navigating this foster and adoptive journey, and uh, Mike or Amy, um, either one of you guys can start, but I, I'm just thankful that you guys are willing and able to come and and be a part of of the OCA podcast.
1: No, it's great to to be on. Yes. Our journey started in about 2014. Um, We had gone to a informational meeting. And from that point on, we started, I started praying about it and I just felt very led from God that this was the journey he wanted us to go on. So um, from that meeting to to where we actually started the process was six months later. Um, and we and,
2: started classes in early 2015.
1: Yeah. And then um, from there, uh, the whirlwind began. You know? <laughs> yeah, <'cause- laughs> Our first
2: placement was July of 2015. Okay. Um, and that one was she went to back to family, which is the goal. Um,
1: reunification.
2: Reunification with family if possible. Um, and then our, what is now our middle son, um, was, came to our home December of 2015. He okay. was almost three.
0: Okay. Yeah. And so what is now your middle son? So tell me, you guys have three kids, right? So There's you've got the kids, middle yeah. son and then you bring in the, his, his brother, correct?
2: Yes. Yeah. So when they yeah. were placed in a foster care Um, Noah and Isaiah were placed into separate foster homes for a variety of reasons. Um, And when the goal looked like it was going to change from reunification to adoption, um, we knew that the state and just in general, it's better for siblings to be together. Mm -hmm. Um, So Noah came to our home from his previous foster home in August of 2016, so he spent about eight months in a separate foster home, and then he joined uh, our family, and it was the day before his first day of kindergarten. (laughs) Um, So we had Noah and Isaiah, um, and that was where we were for quite a while, Mm -hmm. which was enough because both of our boys, in addition to the trauma from their history, um, both have fairly significant um, special needs. Our oldest is on the autism spectrum, both have cognitive disabilities, um, and then just some other like mental health issues that we spend a lot of time trying to get them the right therapies and the right help so that they can become the best kids that they can be.
0: Yeah. Now, did you guys go into this, into the foster world saying, hey, we are going to foster to adopt or we are going to – you know, we're going to be loving parents and we're going to, I mean, obviously you're going to be loving parents, but Mm -hmm. we're going to, you know, we're going to bring kids into our home and we're going to love these kids. And what was the goal as you continue to bring kids into your home?
1: Well, at first it was just to foster and to just love on these kids that don't get the love that they need. And especially to be a voice for them, that a voice that's not heard. And for the longest time, that was always our goal. And if we got to adopt, then that was great. That was a bonus, but we didn't, you know, they tell you, don't go into this thinking that you're just going to adopt. And hmm. I can honestly say we really didn't. We just wanted to love on these kids and, and like be a voice for them.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's interesting because I, I know a little bit of your story and that adoption, and you talked a little bit as, as the, as Isaiah and Noah moved toward adoption. That was definitely a long process for you guys. I think, um, tell me a little bit about what's going on in, in, in that world, as you guys begin to recognize, okay, these, these boys are going to be at our home forever. And then it's almost forever to get them into your home. Talk to me a little bit about kind of how that process and, and even conversations between you and amy mike and and mike and you amy how that i mean that that sounded and um even as we walked a little bit together um i know that that was a challenging time for you guys um navigating next steps
2: i mean there's there's so many sides to that i mean there's the side of we knew adopting especially one of the boys um we were it was daunting because we knew he had significant special needs. And what are we taking on? Like, we love him, and it's important that the boys are together, but, like, are we are we equipped to to do this?
1: Well, and it was almost like, too, like, okay, well, his special needs. You know, we know he's going to live with us forever. You know, he's going to be with us forever. And that was well, one of the things we had to consider, too, which – not an issue but I mean you do have to talk about that you right. do have to think about that
2: and you know at the time um, it was a time in our lives Mike had gone back to college and was also working um, a hospital job that had 12hour shifts um, and I worked full-time so it was it was a very exhausting time as well trying to navigate you know and learning because learning how to parent even if you you birth a baby or if you have a three-year-old show up at your front door, some of these are skills that you have to learn and mm-hmm. self-regulation before you try to correct. And, you know, it was, it, it's been, it was definitely, there were some refining years in there. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, we were still doing bio family visits every week. Mm. Um, and, while the case was still moving through the courts even though it was becoming more and more apparent that reunification wasn't going to be able to happen the biofamily visits were still going on um so the court terminated parental rights in september of 2017. yeah mm-hmm. um but an appeal was filed um to that termination so mm. it sat in the appellate court for a year and a half mm. The appeal was finally um, resolved like February of 2019 hmm. and it took another six months um, to finalize the adoption past that point just to get all the paperwork together so it was from December 2nd 2015 when Isaiah joined our home to July 26 2019 when we adopted the boys. Um, oh. So
1: they spent about, give or take, about thirteen hundred and thirty-one days in foster care.
0: Wow, in your home?
2: In our home, there was actually, and you don't find these things out till later. Mm -hmm. um, Foster parents are the last to learn everything that the boys (laughs) had spent time in foster care before they came to us. Okay, their history is a long Mm -hmm. one. Yeah, Um, but um, they were with us that long. Thirteen
0: hundred thirty-one days. You guys are navigating this. During this process, I, from my understanding, you bring another boy into your home, right? Yeah. So you've got two boys. You're, you're going through all of this process, right? So you've got the appeals court. You're wondering what's next. I'm sure those conversations um, between you two were, um, were fun fun. Um, but also I'm sure that they were tense Well, John, um, you
2: know us personally. So, you know, we're the crazy barkers, <laughs> um, uh, but it was just really natural that we both kind of looked at each other mm-hmm. like late 2017. And we're like, you know, I don't think our family's done yet. Hmm. Now we were living in a tiny house, about a thousand square feet with a hundred pound dog and two active boys and us. And then, um, Mike's daughters from our previous marriage would come and stay with us sometimes. So we were pretty full, pretty full. And <laughs> we just, God said, we don't, you know, we didn't think God said we were done yet. <laughs> so we talked about it and it, we had told our social worker, you know, Hey, she knew us really well. We had the most mm. amazing home worker. Um, yeah. and said, you know, if you find the right fit for our family, then call us with, you know, not just any call, but it needs to be the right one. Um, and so, we kind of kept that under our hats. Like we knew that we were open, but we didn't really tell anybody. Right. I think if any, like any large family that is planning another child, they don't tell their extended family right away because they're going (laughs) to.
0: Right, (laughs) yeah, because they'll talk you out of it. So we actually sat down with
2: my family on Memorial Day and said, you know, Mike and I want to tell you that um, we've told the county that we're open to another place." and the reaction was about what you thought it what you think it would be (laughs) like because we did have so much on our plates with that was right around when you graduated from college and um you know we had the boys and all their therapies and Mm -hmm. all the appointments and everything else um and they said we were crazy and Mm -hmm. then it was literally a week later that we got Mm -hmm. the call for xavier and the interesting thing about that is uh,
1: the supervisor was our worker and she actually told xavier's worker to call us Hmm. she was the the one that she knew was the
2: right one yeah um so yeah so xavier Mm -hmm. was almost 10 months old Hmm. and we we kind of we cushioned it we told our families that it was an emergency placement which let's be honest all foster care placements are emergency placements
0: (laughs) hey you gotta do what you gotta do good work yes you know
2: (laughs) until they met him and he was (laughs) honestly what we didn't know was missing from our family. I think anybody mm-hmm. that adds an extra child, like the last child, you didn't realize what was missing and they kind of mm. fill,
1: fill the puzzle. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Um, so, which is hilarious because I think the worker told us, I had texted the worker after the first week and then I'm like, I have never met a more agreeable baby. He was happy, mm-hmm. immediately slept, in his own crib no fussing wow. like slept all night he
1: was the easiest the easiest <laughs> baby yes and that's what
0: you needed it was an emergency placement so you right. needed a, you needed a baby that's so that slept and well. she
2: thought that was hilarious because the reports had been that he was a fussy baby mm. and a colicky baby and a lot mm. to handle he <laughs> was the exact opposite he was sunshine baby mm. um and just i mean and we definitely struggled some with jealousy especially from our middle son, um, because he had been replaced as the baby. Yeah. Um, and I think all of these are things that happen when you add a child to a family, whether sure. they're a foster, foster family or, or a natural family, yeah. um, that we, we dealt with definitely some, some anger issues yeah. <laughs> yeah. towards the interloper. <laughs> right. um, but now yeah. they're yeah. thick as thieves. They're, yeah. Yeah. they are. Um, so Xavier's was a lot quicker. Mm -hmm. Uh So in
0: the midst of this though, right? So this is what you said, 2017, 2018. It was
2: actually June of 2018 that Xavier came. He was almost 10 months old.
0: Yeah. During, you know, all that you guys have going on, you, you know, you bring a 10 month old in your family. um, So, and, and so you're still going through, did you know, bringing Xavier into your family that, hey, this is another, like, you're going through the adoption process did you know that Xavier would be a, a full member of your family at the time you brought him into your family? Or was it again saying, Hey, you know, we're here for Xavier. We hope that his, his family can take care of him. Um, what was that even because, because you guys are navigating the adoption process has to be frustrating, has to be irritating because right. why are we not, I mean, a year and a half. And I think you said a year and a half in the appellate court. Um, that's frustrating. Um, so what was the yeah, plan? I
2: joke about it. <laughs> yeah tell me about that about it because uh we would say that xavier would be adopted before the big boys yeah um because his situation was different and without sharing too many personal details um it was clear to us and the workers from the beginning that it was going to go quickly Mm -hmm. and quickly in terms of the cabinet meaning a year and a half two years instead of five (laughs) Mm -hmm. um So we, we were, we was kind of a race for a while there. We really thought that Xavier would be adopted before the big boys. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And so that's kind of, so that, I mean, that's a great, um, great movement into, um, so you guys knew that he was going to be adopted. So you bring him in he's going to be this, you know, he's going to be full member of the Barker family and you, you know, Isaiah and Noah get adopted in 2019, working toward that. And then 2020 hits. March twenty twenty hits and and as we've talked about here, the OCA podcast, just stories of hope in the midst of all the chaos that twenty twenty brought. But tell me about when you began to recognize that, yeah, the process to bring to to make your family Xavier's family. When did that begin the adoption process? And then in twenty twenty, obviously things slowed down a bit. So how did that work for you guys? Because I know that's when you when he became a a uh, full member of the Barker family, right? I know he was a full member, but legally, yeah. I guess, is the right exactly. the right terminology.
2: Yeah, we have a sign in our house that says, today the law makes legal what our hearts have known. Huh. So, yeah, yeah,
0: that's cool. That's a great... Yeah. Today, tell me that again, that's a cool sign.
2: Today the law makes official what love has already done, wow. is what it says. So.
0: Yeah, that's cool. So tell me kind of that process, because you're going through the process, I'm sure March 2020 hits okay, wow, this may slow down, right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what I would assume. But tell me kind of what that process looks like. Well,
1: was it March 24th or 14th? 24th. So So we'd had an adoption date of March 24th. Oh, wow. You
2: know, and then the world shut down March 13th. Yeah, March 13th. 13th, yep. Yeah,
1: and then then it was like, well, the courts are all closed down. And then, so, you know, then we're in limbo. So let
0: me ask you this question, March 24th. So March 13th, world shuts down. You've already been through a three and a half year adoption process. What's it like for you guys in that moment? You guys are so joy filled. Like you guys, like you said, you guys just, just live life to the fullest. Um, Mike has an Instagram folks there. He jumped out in the snow and, um, the snow, this, this winter, Mike, I hope you're okay. And like, you yeah. know, with no shirt on, it's freezing outside But He does snow angels. I mean, that's, that's the type of fun that they bring to their family. Um, and Amy's super, uh, just joyful and they just laugh. But in the midst of all of this, right. Three and a half years of trying to deal with the court system, March 24th. Oh gosh. March 13 hits 11 days before you're bringing Xavier into your home legally What's that like? That has to be, I mean, what's, what's that? Yeah. Tell me about that. Right. Cause that's interesting.
2: It it was really hard. It, it mm-hmm. was
1: just very nerve wracking because I guess until we, they announced that the courts were closing down, we just figured that we were going to move ahead mm-hmm. and that we were going to have, you know, his adoption done. And then when we found out the courts, I guess it was the week before we were supposed to, like, yeah, have the I adoption. got the inkling
2: because so my, my professional career deals with the courts mm-hmm. in a separate branch. Um, yeah. And so I had heard their work that they were not going to have, they were going to stop all the trials except for emergency stuff. Um, so we were like, well, does that mean adoptions? Because we didn't know family court was going to, but it came from, like, basically the highest point of the mm-hmm. state. Yeah. Um, um, and you know, not to Pollyanna, there was my family. Um, where there was some conf- conflict, they weren't going to be able to come to the 23rd on the adoption. And that was We were struggling with that. Um, and then we got another date. Mm. They told us April 14th.
1: Mm. Um, well, and just to go back for a second, there was just once you know, for me, once I realized that it was, wasn't going to happen on this, the 24th. I mean, it was kind of gut wrenching, like Mm. what's going to happen, you know, like, uh, uh, and then on the other hand, it's like, here we go. (laughs) We're going to have this long process again. Yeah. Um, And then.
2: So then they, you know, we, we had an adoption attorney who was amazing, but he no longer, he's retiring. So he's not taking more clients, Mm -hmm. Um, but we were one of his last clients. Um, He would call us with updates and uh, well, we got a new date. Uh, Meanwhile, we were very frustrated with the state portion because we had, um, we were actually more knowledgeable about what was going on than our workers at the time. Yeah. Um, So we were a little frustrated there. Uh, There had been some held ups on that side too. Um, Mm -hmm. So they gave us the 14th um, and then became clear that that wasn't going to happen. And then it was, was it late April when one Mm -hmm. of our friends that we actually had done the adoption classes way back in 2015 won. Um, they finalized their second adoption via zoom Hmm. and We thought, well, hey,
1: maybe it's a possibility.
2: Hey, Brian and Kelly did that. Um, so maybe they're going to do that with us. So, you know, Try not to bug our adoption attorney because I know he was so busy and he didn't know anything more than we knew. And, um, but we're like, is this going to be an option?
1: Hmm. And then basically it was the two days before that we actually confirmed the date or was the it, day before like the day really before close. I can't it remember. was like a day or two before that okay it's going to be this date but mm. we don't know what time yet
2: yeah that and we the- it was that morning that we got the zoom link so we we had family members in florida and family members in Oldham county and <clears> nobody can go anywhere but we have we actually have instead of professional photos we have you know screenshots from our meeting where we adopted
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, it was a little different yeah <laughs> But, um, so yeah, so we finally, June 16th of 2020 mm. via yeah. Zoom, um, yeah. we adopted Xavier and mm. he became a Barker.
0: Yeah. So the, the Barkers are officially a, a family of five. You, I Like you said, yeah. you've you'd been a family of five, but, um, and the, even in the midst of it, this is, this is what I finished. What's that? <laughs> and you're finished. You said, yeah, yeah, yeah for mm-hmm. sure. Um, and even in the midst of it, you said earlier, um, just to, you know, not Pollyanna, but your family was able to be a part of it. And what I love about what we're able to do, what you guys were able to do is, and and who you guys are, even in the, the midst of the hard three and a half years, then you throw a pandemic on, we're trying to bring legally. And I know you guys knew that Xavier was going to be in your family, no matter what, whenever that date would happen, but it had to be frustrating. And yet, even in the midst of the pandemic, you guys still, yeah, okay, let's do the Zoom call and we can have family from all over come and we can have family from um, different parts of um, the United States come and see. What was that like for you to have all of your family? I don't know if you had that with Isaiah and and Noah, but even with this, um, the Zoom call allowed probably um, a lot more elements of your family to be there and your support system and those who, who cared and loved for you guys.
1: Well, it was just very, I, I was just very appreciative that the court would allow like um, for them to be on the zoom call Um And whatnot. I mean, it, and it was very different, but it was just really nice that we had that support from our family and they could see um, The final process of Xavier us adopting Xavier so um, You know, for me, it was just it was just very I felt very very relieved and, and happy that our family could be there, no matter where they were.
2: Um, yeah. That. Yeah. I mean, there were definitely parts of the Zoom call that it felt a little anticlimactic. There was no <laughs> courtroom. You know, the boys got to bang the gavel um, for their adoption, and it yeah. was an event. So this mm-hmm. was, you know, it was a Tuesday morning, right?
1: Yeah.
2: And we had sent that we just for ease that we had sent the big boys to day camp for summer camp that day um because they didn't really understand what was mm-hmm. going on um so it was the three of us in our kitchen
1: mm. um sitting at the kitchen counter just yeah. uh, <laughs> and did our
2: did adoption and we went we went to cracker barrel yeah, yeah. we actually we went out for a pandemic meal in a restaurant
0: <laughs> perfect yeah and that
2: was that was i mean it wasn't we didn't have the Party with the bounce house and everything, like we did. We had to delay that a little bit, but you know, yeah. we did celebrate. Yeah, just not not quite in the same spectacular fashion that we really wanted to.
0: <laughs> right. Well, I, you know, I I love your story, and I I love you guys, just in a sense of the joy and the exuberance that you bring with three energetic boys, three three boys that bring life, but also challenges. But even in the midst of the pandemic and kind of what we've talked about. on the the podcast this year is just that hope that you guys bring and that you guys show that all that the pandemic did and all the world that we saw, whatever, you know, just so many people have been through so many challenges and people talk about isolation. You guys bring people into your family, which is a, which is a cool story. And and I'm so thankful that you guys are able to share this story um, with us. So thanks so much for, for being a part of it and allowing us to be a part of, of all that we you guys are doing and, and the way you love your family.
2: We serve a mighty God. Who's not going to let a lockdown hmm. change his purposes. Yeah. So if he's got a plan, coronavirus isn't going to stop it.
0: Yeah. So. And that's awesome. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Amy. Really appreciate you guys um, and, thanks, and love your story. Love your heart. Thanks so much.
2: Thanks.